welcome to 81 Points, where we talk about all things Lakers, hosted by two guys named Chris. Okay, welcome back to another episode of 81 Points. We are back here in beautiful LA. The uh, dog days of summer are upon us. How are you feeling these days, Chris? I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling really good about this squad. Um, yeah, you know, after getting over the initial dismay of having lost out on the Kawhi sweepstakes, um, dude, our roster is looking solid. And I, I got to say, it feels like our roster, there's, there's much more of a game plan, you know, like there's like a purpose with each signing versus a year ago with the mean team you know it just looked like it was just head scratcher after head scratcher of a signing so i know i'm feeling pretty good yeah the more the more that we look at kind of the overall roster uh i'm talking myself into feeling pretty good about (laughs) him next season i think i think uh the lakers picked up avery bradley um, since our last podcast episode, yeah, I'm you really, really thrilled about that signing. Personally. Yeah, you really like that signing. I have some reservations about that, but I mean, like you said too, um, he reportedly he, lost 40 pounds. Yeah, and he, and also he he's young. You know, he's yeah, he's only 28. Yeah, that's still really young. Three so. years removed from being first team all defense. Yeah, uh, can hit a three pointer. And also, you know, uh, one thing that people are getting kind of sleeping on. Um, I think you pointed out too when you were just texting me the other day was, you know, the fact that Frank Vogel's a great defensive mind, you know. Yeah, he has uh, two seasons under his belt of having the number one ranked defense in the league when he was head coach of the Pacers. Right, and it's not like he's been a head coach for decades or anything, you know. So that's a pretty good track record. We finally hired someone with previous experience at their position, <laughs> so I feel yeah. good about that. Yeah, so the fact that he's, you know, a very defensive-minded guy and having a guy like Avery Bradley who's reported uh, to, to camp, or not camp, but reported, you know, in really good shape right now. I mean, I'm talking myself into a Avery Bradley rebirth here too, you know. Yeah, yeah, so am I. So, um, all right, we're going to... Obviously, we're going to go in-depth on the Lakers uh, in a little bit here, but I wanted to start off this podcast. Um, you know, right now, it's kind of a calm time for the NBA. Or so we think. You never know. You never know. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like I kind of feel like with the Lakers, yeah, yeah. We've, we've been in like... A tumultuous relationship for the past year yeah and this is one of those times in that volatile relationship where things are a little bit calm a little mm-hmm. bit chill mm-hmm. we can sit back and relax a little bit and maybe do some reflecting okay you know on the overall state of things as a whole <clears throat> i wanted to start off uh today with the obvious big news uh that uh, came out in the NBA world recently, which was the blockbuster trade that just happened between the Rockets and the OKC Thunder. Mm-hmm. Um, the Thunder traded their other superstar away, Russell Westbrook, to the Houston Rockets in exchange for Chris Paul and two first-rounders. Um I kept going back and forth on what my feelings were with this trade. Uh, what are your overall thoughts on this trade? Like, who does it benefit? Like, does it make sense on both sides? Oh, well, <clears throat> I think uh, I think the Rockets, it was a great deal for them. It was a great deal because you just extended James Harden's window, you know? Um, and I'm not going to sit here and say that James Harden and company over there in Houston are the favorites because they're not. Um, and I don't even know if the Lakers are, although I love our chances. I would say the Clippers are the favorites. And even you can even make a case for, you know, I don't know, Utah or Denver. I don't know, whatever, yeah, right? We're, we're going to talk about favorites. So yeah. Let's, let's table that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think it was still a great move by Houston to do that because 
Chris Paul was I, I mean that is a, that was just an just an albatross of a contract and he was on the wrong side of 30 he was clearly just a shadow of his former self uh last season and you know I I can't really see him turning that around so yeah it was just, it was a pretty steep price but again you know this league it's a superstar league you know and Russell Westbrook for all the the criticism he gets and all the hate he gets the guy plays his ass off you know and the guy is still a superstar and i still think his his positives outweigh way outweigh his negatives he's he's not a superstar without his uh you know his warts but yeah it was a, i think it was a great move by Houston so um yeah and, and obviously it made sense for OKC too so I uh, I went back and forth on yeah. how I felt about this trade. I think initially, I was actually on the other side of it. And I thought to myself, why on earth would Houston do this? Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, for one, I mean, when you're talking about Chris Paul's Albatross contract, um, you know, Russell Westbrook's contract is not very cat-friendly either. Yeah, but I mean, he's 30, you know, which is a huge difference between... Yeah, you know, thirty six, yeah. which is I think what. Wait, how old is Chris Paul? Actually, I think he's might be younger than that. Chris Paul, I think he's like thirty three or something yeah, like that. Which is a huge difference. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, look up at the same Chris time. Uh, OKC got two first rounders out of this trade, and they got two pick swaps, mm-hmm. so they're just stockpiling first rounders. Oh yeah, even more. So from that standpoint, I'm like thinking to myself, Houston is not only taking on this huge contract, but they're giving away more picks, right? And then also... Chris Paul is 34, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, I think on the surface, from a fit perspective, and knowing like this is a Mike D'Antoni team, this is basically an offense where it's James Harden's running the show, and then you have Clint Capella and three shooters surrounding him. Mm-hmm. And we know Russell Westbrook's shooting has uh, regressed over the years to put it mildly yeah so i was wondering like is this fit gonna work i don't Mm -hmm. i can't see uh the joke is like what's gonna happen when um the rockets are playing in a crucial playoff game down the stretch and james harden says hey russ go stand in the corner how is he gonna receive that while i go iso yeah um but i did uh end up coming to the uh opinion that yeah it was a good trade for houston because for the reasons that you said you know you're extending you're extending their run that they have their opportunity that they have with james harden um they're adding another superstar as you know a lot of i think westbrook amongst nba experts is kind of a polarizing figure at this point like also you know a lot of detractors you know oh for sure also you know i i I'm of the mind now that Russell Westbrook is actually underrated. The guy, the dude has been hated on so much that the guy to me is a pretty underrated guy. Depending on who you're talking to, right? Depending on whose yeah. opinion you're listening to. Well, clearly right now the sentiment is that he is... I mean, the way people are talking about him, it's as if he is like a... I don't know, like just a walking, you know, contract like cap cap he's not he's not a trash player he's still a very very good he's a superstar yeah i mean he's not a he's not a first tier superstar i guess but he's pretty damn close in my opinion you know yeah i i agree uh i think it's just the the fit with james harden is the big question mark you're looking at yeah two guys who posted up the highest usage rate seasons in nba history Mm -hmm. so how is that gonna work obviously um I don't expect Russell Westbrook's shooting to improve at this point. It would be kind of a surprise and shock if he was able to. You think so? Become like. Well, a I don't good think it would be. But yeah, that's true. But I don't think it'd be shocking for him to go back to, you know, because he was improving. Yeah. He improved from his you know first couple years into the league. He improved his shooting tremendously, and then his you know recent last couple of years, I think he just. Especially last season, he regressed a lot. So, I, I mean, I could see him kind of going back to that initial 
improved baseline. Yeah. You know? And, you know, another thing is he's kind of on that LeBron program of coasting on defense at this point. Right. He's not really going all out. I mean, right. he has the potential to be, you know, an all-defensive player. Oh, the dude is still... He's still got all of his athleticism, yeah. right? Um, you know, 80, 80% Russell Westbrook in terms of athleticism is still, like... 99% more athletic than everybody else in, in the league. You yeah, know? so I, I think um, I think Houston has a chance to be, you know, extremely good oh, as a result of his trade. Yeah, they're a dark horse for sure. But it, it it hinges on, I feel like a lot of it hinges on Russ's ability to change his game a little bit from what he's been doing these past three years. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how, how they play. Um I think D'Antoni was on um, our favorite NBA expert, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski's <laughs> podcast recently, and um, it seemed very evident that he uh, misses Chris Paul a lot. Really? He seemed like a big Chris Paul fan. Did he just? When you did he sound distraught? Did he sound like he lost a family member? <laughs> kind of. It sounded like he was like one of. It was an absolute joy to coach him and all that. He was praising Chris Paul. Because obviously, like, Chris Paul has the skill set of a D'Antoni player, you know? Yeah, he's... Yeah. He can yeah. He, he can shoot. He can dribble. He's a very smart player. He can pass. Uh, I I happen to think he has still has something left in the tank. Like, I don't oh, think I, he's completely gone. I don't think he's washed up at all. I 100% agree he's... He's still very good, and he's got a couple years. The only problem with Chris Paul is just his contract, you know? If you take out his contract, oh, my God. Like, let's say his contract was just a little bit more palpable. Like, teams would be lining up to get him, you know? I know, I I mean, with all his faults and sort of his on-court, off-court, whatever issues, I would still love him on the Lakers because he's that good. Yeah, and you know, you know how Lakers fans are. I mean... Once once this trade happened, it was like, oh, can we get Chris Paul? CP3 <laughs> to the Lakers? But, I mean, the chances of that happening are so slim. And it's not it's not something we want. I mean, I know there's Laker fans that are wanting that. Trust me, it's not something that we would want just because we would... That the cost, it would, the cost to get Chris Paul onto the Lakers would be... It would just hurt us in the long run. It's not worth it. Yeah, and you know, obviously, like we all know about the beef between him and Rondo, so it would kind of be like a locker room night. Well, that would be the last on the last of my list of reasons why I wouldn't want him. But yeah, that is, yeah. So uh, let's let's stop talking about CP3 coming to the Lakers because (laughs) that's like not gonna happen. Almost never gonna happen in in any situation. OKC is having a hard time moving him as it is right now. So it almost yeah. it sounds like CP3 is headed towards playing this season as an OKC Thunder player. Um, yeah. So with with this trade, now we have a clearer picture of the NBA landscape heading into next season. I feel like the dust is almost completely settled at this point, with a few straggling things. Hanging in the balance, like what's going to happen with Andre Iguodala? That's kind of like maybe the last main piece, and who knows what's who knows where he'll end up. Um, yeah, is there an update on that? At this point, it seems like Memphis is not willing to buy him out. They want to get an asset out of him. Yeah, they they're they're they. I don't blame get, him. They want to get a pick, I, and I don't blame him. I mean, I, I, Iguodala is obviously a guy who still has le- a lot left in the tank. I think a lot of championship chasing teams view him as that crucial last piece. Yeah, that missing piece yeah, to get them so over the hump. I, I mean, I don't blame him for doing that. I wish they wouldn't, but I get it. I get it. I think the popular teams that are conveying interest in him right now are the Clippers and the Rockets, which would make... It would be a disaster. Would be a disastrous situation. If that guy ended up on the Clippers. The Lakers should go for him at all costs. Just to not have him on those teams. That would be a disaster if he ended up on the Clippers. But, you know, we have to wait and see what happens to Iggy at this point. I, we can't... Um, I don't think it's leaning in any direction at this point. Um, okay. So, Iggy aside, 
the league is what it is at this point. We have a sense of like, you know, who the teams are now. Yeah, the the table has been set. Yeah. I think everything, yeah. The storylines have all been put in place. Right, right. And in this, you know, calm period of the NBA season, now there are like publications and websites that are putting out like rankings and things like that. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to go over some of these rankings right now. Okay. So ESPN, they um, I think they I, I think put I out their that. power rankings. And I did not agree with it, if I remember correctly. Let me, let me uh, yeah, name you it. the top six of ESPN's NBA power rankings. Okay. Starting from number six, which is our very own Los Angeles Lakers. Which already is crazy to me, man. Well, well let, let me finish, let me finish crazy, this list man. and then we'll... Get into crazy dog. Get into this uh, these rankings. So, at six are the Lakers. Okay. At five are the Rockets. Hell no. At four are the Sixers. Okay, Uh, I could see that. At number three are the Clippers. Okay. Number two are the Denver Nuggets, and number one are the Milwaukee Bucks. So what are your main issues with? Well, the it seems only, like you have a problem with these. Well, rankings. no, I mean, okay. So the only main issue I have is the Rockets. That that is that is ridiculous. Um, ridiculous, as in they're too high. They're too uh, high. Oh yeah, without a doubt, that's too high. I mean, uh, and I mean, you're you're praising this rust trade. Right I was now. I was praising it because it's it's a, you're essentially. Basically, you go from being completely out of it and being hamstrung to a terrible, terrible contract to having a, like, you know, to quote Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber, so you're saying there's a chance. Like, the Rockets have a chance now. You know, they're a dark horse candidate, but they're not ahead of the Lakers. That's that's just ridiculous. Let's not get crazy. Um, as to quote, you know, our favorite guy, Stephen A., Stay off the weed. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous, honestly. The 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 Rockets ranking is ridiculous. All the other ones. Um, How do you feel about the Nuggets being ranked ahead of the Lakers? I I don't necessarily agree with that. I I understand it. I understand that because you know they're. I'm mean, what I think they had the best record last. They were the so they were the number two seed last season, and they basically have their same team plus Jeremy Grant. Yeah, I mean that that's a solid team. Uh, I, I, I mean, I would still put the Lakers ahead of them, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna squabble about that. I get that it seems logical, you know. I could, see, it's just defensible. Um, Clippers, obviously, that that's fair. Um, what were the other two? Sixers. Sixers. And yeah, Bucks. I think Sixers are good. I so the Bucks. I don't think they should be one though. You know, did they lose Brogdon? Yeah, they lost Brogdon. Yeah. And I think they basically kept their squad as is. But I don't know. Brogdon's a huge piece, so I don't know how they could still be number one, having lost an insane piece like that. I mean, Brogdon, I know, is not the not a superstar. They added someone. They added like Wesley Matthews, I think. Oh, that that's garbage. I mean, Brogdon. I know he's not a superstar, but I think he wasn't. Apologies to Wesley Matthews. (laughs) (laughs) Just shit talked him out of nowhere. But Brogdon, though, I think he's a ninety fifty. Yeah, he's 90, a, he, 40, 50, he had right? a 50, 40, 90 season last yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a real good player. So, I, I don't know. I think, I don't know if I agree with that. He should They should definitely not be number one. I would say Clippers number one. Just do it. You know you want to do it. <laughs> Lakers number two. <laughs> Lakers number two. I'm going with it, baby. Um, And then, you know, the rest. Okay, Sixers three, probably. Uh, Nuggets four and the Bucks five and the Rockets fucking like eight or nine. You'd or probably something. put Utah ahead of the Rockets, right? Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay, so uh, five thirty-eight. They also updated their rankings <clears throat> today. Today, yeah. Okay, so this is hot off the presses. Hot off the presses, and All you know, right. I think the ESPN power rankings was a composite of like their experts. Quote unquote experts, okay. So of course there's a lot of like yeah. opinion and bias, bias there. Yeah. Um but five thirty eight is more like analytics and data driven uh 
with their rankings. Okay. You know? Their rankings are pretty interesting to me, in okay. my opinion. Um, let's see. So I gave a top six from ESPN's rankings. I'll give you... Um, yeah, let's do the same top six. Okay. At number six are the Clippers. Really? Yeah. Okay. And they are projecting the Clippers to finish with the exact same record as they did this past season at 48 what? wins. What? So so I think um they have their they have their um what is it their uh ratings formula called Carmelo. Right. And uh it factors in like projected missed time due to injury so they're factoring in like Kawhi's load management load management okay uh i think they're also factoring in i think it's reported that paul george is gonna miss the beginning of the season oh because he's got major surgery arm surgery right yeah shoulder oh i'm sorry shoulder surgery yeah so factoring those things in uh and you know we're we're going into this believing that Kawhi's only gonna play like 60 some games okay they have them slated at 48 wins. 48? Yeah. So the Clippers are number six. I don't know, six. that sounds crazy to me, but all right. So the Clippers are number six right now. And number five are the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. Um, number four are the Lakers. Number three is going to be kind of a head-scratcher. Um, the Golden State Warriors. What? <laughs> that is which I don't um ridiculous. I, so so I'm, I'm I'm basing this off of their Carmelo ratings. They also have different rankings for different criteria. So let me just finish this, okay? That's ridiculous. So number three are the Warriors. Number two are the Sixers, and number one are your favorite team, the Houston Rockets. <laughs> The fuck out of so here. these are just like based on that is crazy. These bro. are based on their ratings. Um, the Carmelo ratings are actually different from the projected record. Now that I'm looking at it, well, so I want to know how accurate though this is. Is there a way we can compare it to last year? Like, what was their thingy last year? Because if their if their rankings last year was bullshit, then I almost feel like... Like, what's their uh, track record? You know what I mean? I'm not sure. I think it's pretty good, though. Um, like, yeah. for instance, they... Carmelo uh, projected that the Raptors would beat the Warriors in the finals. Really? So that's that says something. Well, and is that taking into account that Kevin Durant was not going to be in the series? Yeah. Oh, so. okay. Uh, that's pretty impressive. So, so uh, record-wise, they actually have the Sixers at... The top projected record at 59 wins. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the, the Sixers are going to be beastly. Uh, they got the Rockets slated for 58 wins. They have the Bucks for 54 wins. And then they have the Lakers and Nuggets tied for 51 wins. Okay. Which is interesting. So they also have um, percentage probability of winning the championship. Okay. Which is pretty interesting to me. So I'll give you the top six for this as well. All right. So at number six, number six, they rank the Clippers. Sixth and, best chance of winning the... And they're giving the Clippers a 5% chance of winning the championship. Holy shit. I'm starting to love this Carmelo uh, <laughs> or whatever. 538 ranking system. They give... Uh, and then next, they give the Bucks and the Warriors both a 9% chance at winning the championship. So, okay. So they're actually saying that certain teams will have better records in the regular season. However, other teams may have a better chance of winning. Doing well in the playoffs. Okay, okay. Which kind of makes sense. Like, for for example, like with the Warriors, Clay Thompson will probably be back for the playoffs. Okay. And well, uh, I don't understand why the Clippers would have... You said the Clippers have a less chance than the yeah, Warriors? Yeah, that I don't that's, really that's understand, but that's, okay. that's how it stands right All now. Right. I mean, I'm not complaining about that. So with the third highest chance of winning the NBA Finals, it's the Lakers at 13%. That's 
That's low, man. What percentage chance would you give it? The Lakers winning a championship? Like, honestly. Shit. 50-50 right now. Really? Yeah, it's a toss-up for sure. I was going to say 60, but you were like, honest. I was like, all right, so I guess I got to temper mine. <laughs> are, you, are you basically thinking it's like 50% Lakers, 50% Clippers? Um, you don't give like the Sixers any chance at all? I just don't see that happening. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I want to say 50% Lakers or 50% the field. Damn. Okay. Someone's yeah. really confident heading next season. I mean, that, I mean, Demarcus Cousins, bro. You look. Yeah. No, I understand. Uh, hey, I'm with you on that. Um, so the top two teams, according to uh, probability of winning the NBA Finals, are um, the Rockets at 25 percent and the Sixers at 28 <laughs> percent. That's. I, I'm just flabbergasted that the Rockets are basically a one in four chance. The Rockets are a very um, analytics-friendly team because well, their, offense is, their offense is so good. Well, I understand that because also it, it's Daryl Morey's team. And he's just, yeah, he's probably constructed that, that's, that roster exactly based off analytics. Yeah. So that's 538. Uh, I guess the last little bit of expert uh, prognosticating that I wanted to bring up was the... Vegas over under odds. Th- those came out. Um, I think this was set prior to uh, the CP3 rust trade, but I'll uh, share them with you anyway. Okay. And this kind of is more in line, I think, with what our thinking is right now. Okay. So um, let's start with the Eastern Conference. So the highest over under win total for a team in the East is the Bucks at fifty four and a half. Okay. Would you? Um, I would probably go under with that. Um, to be under fifty four. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the Bucks will f- are gonna feast on the East. Other than. Do you think your team got better? No, I mean yeah, they didn't get better, but all the other teams didn't get better too, except for the Sixers. The East is pretty weak again, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. And you know, that's the, a good line though. Fifty four is. Yeah, I mean, the Bucks were like relatively healthy last year, so any yeah. type of injury could, you know, fuck yeah. things up for them. So after the Bucks, it's the Sixers at fifty three and a half. You know, they have their bit of like uh, superstars got, with some they got, uh, they got some bug inju- injury issues. Well, I mean, that whole Ben Simmons shooting thing is that's a problem. That's a huge problem. Apparently they don't think so because they gave him a max extension. Oh man, that's gonna, yeah, that's a problem, dude. Do you think I? I would actually put. I would actually um, bet the over on that one though. Yeah, it's surprising that they would be that their number is fifty three, one less than the Bucks. Yeah, because I'm, I, I'm, like I'm the thinking they'll be better. the one one seed. Yeah, out of the East. Yeah. Uh, then you have the Celtics and Pacers tied at 58 and a half. What? Or 48 and a half, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> 48 and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, that's a good... Those are pretty those, solid those, lines. <laughs> those Vegas Ozmakers, man. Holy shit. And then um, fourth is a tie between... Or fifth is a tie between the Nets and the Raptors at 45 and a half. Hmm. So Four it seems rounds. like these, I, I mean, these win totals are, for the most part, on point. Yeah, in my opinion, point, yeah. I don't really have too many um, gripes with that. Yeah. So let's go to the Western Conference here. Um, number one, they have the Clippers at fifty-five and a half. Yeah. Seem Although about right. I, I seem mean, about right to you, or? I mean, yeah, I, I can see that. I'd probably bet the under on that, though. Yeah, there's a there's a big disparity here between this fifty five and a half and then five thirty eight's forty eight win yeah total and I and I think it's somewhere in between those two, you know. Um. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Then you have the Utah Jazz at fifty two and a half. Wow. So they're basically saying that the Clippers are going to be because the four game difference is huge between them and the next. It's a three game difference. 
Isn't it fifty five and a half and fifty two and a half? Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. That's pretty significant. Still, they're they're basically saying that the Clippers are the the class of the the West. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and that's the opinion of a lot of people out there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Okay, and then tied for third are the Rockets and Lakers at fifty one and a half. Are you betting the over or the under on fifty one and a half for the Lakers? Okay, are we healthy? Upcoming are we healthy? Season? Because if, no, if, fact- if LeBron if LeBron gets another like prolonged injury, we're fucked again. Okay, factor in the chances of injuries happening and you know load management for LeBron. Factor all of that in. I'm gonna go would over, you, man. Would you go over under? You yeah, go over. I think I would go over. I would go over too. Yeah. Maybe that's the homerism in me, but yeah. I would go over. I'd go over. Um, and then you know rounding out the West is the Nuggets at fifty and a half, the Blazers at forty seven and a half. Or forty four and a half. Actually, they have the Warriors at forty seven and a half. So okay. yeah, that makes sense. Do you think? Do you think this is a more accurate prediction of how the Western Conference is going to be seated? Yeah, like, I think so. Clippers, Jazz, Rockets, Lakers, Nuggets, Warriors, Blazers. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, the other the other rankings that have the Rockets so high, I just don't get that. So. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think the Clippers, it's a little bit high, but I get it. It makes sense. I mean, that that defense is... I, I feel like it has an outside chance of being possibly historic. Against most... Against pretty much every team except for, um, I don't know, like certain teams that have like two good scoring big men. <laughs> Which I don't know. There, there might be like one or two teams out there that have that, or it might be just one team out there. Yeah, that has they that. have that capability of like yeah. beating up other teams in the post. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, yeah, they could put the clamps down on pretty much the the entire league. On paper. I mean, let's talk about that though. Like, how do we match up against the Clippers? Well, I, feel I like mean, we, we match up pretty damn. We, we said it in the last podcast. It looks as as uh, oddly as it turned out it looks pretty good yeah like for the lakers clippers match yeah like right? i mean I, you know you, you just kind of touched upon it already but like against all the other teams in the league it, you would say that the clippers have a huge advantage in terms of like how the matchups and you know the defense that we talked about but against the lakers i mean you know their advantages the advantage that they have would not because, you know, Paul George can't guard Anthony Davis. Kawhi can't guard Anthony Davis. Beverly can't guard him either. And their their uh, center, who's a fantastic player in Mont- Montrezl Harrell, he, there's no way he can guard him, you know? Yeah. He's more of a, like, a guy who can guard, like, five positions, you know? Uh, which is an, an incredible skill set in itself. But when, you, when you're going up against a... A traditional big man with non-traditional skill set that Anthony Davis has. I mean, Montrezl Harrell has a better chance at guarding LeBron, to be honest, than Anthony yeah, Davis. Yeah. Um. I mean, who can guard Anthony Davis actually? Yeah. I mean, we asked that question last time. Yeah. Uh, and I am still at a loss to really come <laughs> up with. Well, the guy that I said was Giannis. Right. I think he might have a decent, decent chance. That. I don't know, like Miles Turner, maybe. I just can't see it, bro. Um, he's he's basically a matchup nightmare for every team in the he's league. He's the ace in the hole. Yeah, and you know, there's a lot of debates going on right now about which team has the best duo, and it's which almost is like that, which is ridiculous to me because you can argue. You look, you can argue all day, and I'm not going to fight you on that as to which team is the best team. In fact, I feel like the Clippers have the best team. I do, I do agree with that, even though it pains me to say. But in terms of the best duo in the league, it, stay off the weed! Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are being a prisoner of the moment because, you know, we haven't seen LeBron play in quite some time. We haven't seen AD play in quite some time. But yet, they're, they're, there's like a top seven uh, 
players wise in the NBA right now, and they're clearly in the top seven in my opinion. <laughs> right, and not only are they in the top seven, right? They complement each other so damn well. You know, like, yeah. do you think Kawhi and Paul George complement each other? I mean, yeah, I think it, yeah, I think, I think it I definitely works. I think it definitely think works, do. but it's not like a perfect like piece piece by piece, mm-hmm. right? I don't think so. I, I mean, I think I could totally see them working well together. But LeBron and AD is like, holy shit, man! Like that is. Well, yeah, between between those four players, right? Uh, LeBron, AD, Kawhi, PG. Though, I mean, these are the two duos that we are even caring about. Right. Yeah, the only two duos that we're caring about right now, right? Yeah. Amongst those four players, I think. Basically, anyone with half a brain would say that Paul George is like the worst of the four, <laughs> without a doubt. Right, and there's a you can debate either way on like Kawhi or LeBron being the best player. I wouldn't have a problem. I wouldn't really begrudge anyone that says Kawhi is the best amongst those four you right can't. now. You can't. Uh, even like the two K ratings, they ranked um, LeBron and Kawhi uh, one and two at the same ninety seven rating. They were like the two best rated two key players. Wow, really? They were the two best rated in yeah. the game. Yeah. And then uh between those four players, um, I think AD was rated like a ninety-four, and then uh Paul George was rated at ninety-three. So even NBA two K would say that Paul George is like right. number four amongst those four players. Right. So and yet, you know, a lot of People out there are ranking uh, Kawhi and PG as the best duo in the league right now. It's crazy. But we think the Lakers match up against the Clippers pretty well. And, you know, I think the Lakers have a pretty versatile roster. You know, there's all this talk about like... Swiss Army. Is the Swiss Army? There's all this talk about who has the most depth and whatever, but... You know, when you when it comes down to it, like when you're in the playoffs, you're really only playing like seven guys, to be honest with you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And who are the who are the seven guys that the Lakers are gonna put out there? It's what? Yeah, LeBron, A D, mm-hmm. uh, Kuzma, Boogie, Danny Green. Danny Green. I would put Avery Bradley up there. Sure, sure. And then maybe what, JaVel McGee. Why are you sleeping on Alex Caruso, dog? I look. I would personally <laughs> love Alex Caruso. Let's put Alex Caruso as the eighth guy. All right. Um, all right. All right. But those seven guys, like you can, you can play big. You can, you can, you know, play smaller. There's a lot of size on on the Lakers for sure. I mean, you just named three big men. Yeah. So personally, I don't. I'm not too thrilled of the idea of Javale being in that top seven, but. You know, he goes in our depth chart from being like the number one guy to like three. You know, yeah. In in this, the big man uh, position. So, yeah, it's a solid seven. Yeah. Uh. So uh, I also wanted to talk about um. Our ex Lakers. Did you see? Um, they, the Pelicans announced uh, the acquisitions of. Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, man. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's really funny because uh, it was kind of trending on Twitter about how like they were comparing how happy Brandon Ingram looked when he was, yeah, I saw that. you know, on the Lakers versus how unhappy he looked when he was being announced with the Pelicans. Um, it's yeah. a big year for Brandon Ingram. It's a big year. This is like a probably the most crucial season of his this career. is a year where he's gonna either make me look like actually nothing ever makes me look like a genius but he's gonna make me look like i'm right or i'm completely wrong because this is the year he's he doesn't have really any excuses this is i mean yeah there's a ton of talent on that team but and he's gonna get plenty plenty of touches you know because yeah even zion williamson he's you know, we, we can talk about him. He's a generational talent, but he's not necessarily like he he his his moves aren't polished. He he doesn't have all those like one on one moves yet. Yeah, he's gonna get a lot. Of, he's gonna do a lot of his damage, I think, with like putbacks and like you know cutting and alley oops and all that shit. So you know when the when the offense needs to be set and we need to go, you know, work through a player. Ingram's gonna be that guy. 
you know? Mm-hmm. So this is a huge make-or-break season for Ingram. He's um, uh, he, he's going to be a free agent after next season, so... Really? He's, I mean, he's... That's wait, why this, wait, this upcoming season? After this upcoming year, he'll be a free agent. Wow. He'll be a, well, he'll... He, either the Pelicans will extend the qualifying offer and he'll become a restricted free agent. Which kind of like what happened to D'Angelo Russell, which is absolutely you know? gonna happen. Okay, so it's it's barring a disaster. It's gonna, so next summer is where he's gonna get a big payday potentially. Yeah, you know that's he'll be up for that. Okay, which wow. is why it I'm is saying like it's year the biggest him. year of his career. It is right here. It is. Uh, I have a question for you. Okay. By the way, before you ask it though, I will say too that I I was I was watching uh, highlights of Lonzo because you know there were the, the Pelicans. You know, announcing the, the acquisition. Man, I'm going to miss his defense, though. I'm going to miss his yeah, defense. Because yeah. that dude, uh, you know, and we could, you could almost say the last, the, this past year's podcast was like shit on Lonzo's shooting podcast. Because it was, you know, it was something that was much, much talked about on this pod, podcast. Mm-hmm. But, man, his defense, I'm going to miss that. So Yeah, I think David Griffin, like, uh said something about his defense uh yeah that like was like the main the main thing about lonzo yeah which, like, i think well, i think you and i both agree on that right like, i think josh hart even like tweeted out like showing a clip of um lonzo switching on four players and i was like Damn. was that against the magic i think it was against the Might magic. Have been, yeah and i was like shit man like you know you can say all his faults and you know I, i'm obviously still Look, we got Anthony Davis, but yeah, his his defense is gonna be something I'm definitely gonna be missing. So, anyways, pour some out for our homies. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you brought up Lonzo just now because okay. um, my question to you is, how long is it acceptable for Lakers fans to grieve about losing a player? Oh my because god, dude. I, you know, obviously, like, Lonzo was one of a lot of Lakers fans' most beloved player last year, in the past couple of years, and seeing him yeah. traded away, it's still to the point where I'm looking on Twitter, and it's like, so many Lakers fans are still butthurt about uh, trading Lonzo, they just are still not over it, I mean, and you it's know, not, it's, it feels like it's not cooling down anytime that, soon. that is true you know it's interesting too though but is that because it's lonzo especially but because you know people fans were super some are even still super buttered about d'angelo russell being gone you know and people were clamoring to bring him back which i was one of them but i wasn't like you know there's fans on on yeah. twitter that were just i think he's on another level with lonzo is though. it yeah yeah uh, obviously, yeah. People are still like they miss D'Angelo Russell because I'm 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 of the mind that it's because, and I think partly it's it's the younger Laker fandom generation. Yeah, you know, like when you get a high pick like that, a high pick like with Ingram, you know, number two pick D'Angelo and number two pick Lonzo, there's like this emotional attachment to these players. I think for a lot of these younger fans. You know, yeah, and you kind of expect them to stay in your, stay on your franchise and grow into that superstar role. So, yeah, I don't know if that's partly that, but yeah, I I could see that. I could see that he kind of, because he's a UCLA local product. You know, he's got a little bit of that swag. So, I yeah, I don't know what it is. I I think it's like, he is like, the favorite player for a lot of Gen Z. Laker fans, yeah, I guess because he's so he was so popular on social media. Um, he has like he has a lot of flash to his game. Yeah, you know he has flashy highlights. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Um, has there has there ever been a time in your sports fandom lifetime well, where you've like grieved over? Are we talking about just? Just, Any sport. No. I know what well, you're probably gonna say Mike Piazza. Yeah, right? that just devastated me, man. That was yeah, that 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 killed me. That was a part of me that died when I But when do that you happened. remember like how long you were like bummed out about that? Um I I I don't think I ever really got over that until like let's say like Clayton Kershaw. 
came around. Wow. So yeah. that was... That's been a while. Well, I mean, what's the time gap between Piazza and Clayton Kershaw? Dude, like I mean... over 10 years. Yeah, right? I mean, because Piazza was like my childhood, you know, favorite player growing up. So, you know, no one else was really like kind of took that mantle of like favorite player until like Clayton Kershaw. So. But, but were you like, um, once once he got traded, were you like... I'm a Marlins fan now. No. Like, you know, <laughs> now I'm a Mets fan. No. Were, were you were you going out to the store and buying a Mike Piazza Marlins no. jersey? No. And you know, I in the defense of some of these crazy fans, quote unquote crazy fans, baseball's a little different. Um but yeah, no, I, I would say like if we were kind of comparing it to more of like an apples to apples analogy, like Eddie Jones, you know, when we traded him yeah that was i was that pretty sucked yeah, yeah i was pretty bad that hurt a lot trading van exel sucked too yeah that hurt a lot van exel was probably my all-time favorite laker before kobe came yeah around, so yeah. that hurt a lot um but <laughs> listen if we once once we win that championship people are just yeah i mean all I, of this will go away well i wonder I and wonder, you have to win a championship well, even before that, like I wonder how uh, the tune will change for a lot of Laker fans once they see AD hit the court. You mean once he's like completing the alley, LeBron's alley oop? Yeah, and putting up thirty twenties. He's basically an athletic version, a, a much more athletic version of Pau Gasol, right? Which is crazy because Pau Gasol is supremely skilled, and he's a Hall of Famer with that skill set. So you're giving should a have Hall his jersey retired, right? He will be, and he'll yeah. be, he's a no doubt a Hall of Famer. So you're giving a Hall of Famer, an already Hall of Famer, you're giving him otherworldly athleticism to that. I, I, I <laughs> that's, that's that's crazy. I would I would even say that AD is more skilled than Pal too. Whoa, his handle is better. Damn, right? I his handle is better. I, he shoots the three better than Pal. Shit, I don't know, man. I mean, I think I don't know if you if, if Pal comes. The defensive prowess is not even a debate. That's true. So yeah, once once a lot of you guys see AD play for the Lakers. I'm wondering, I'm wondering how hurt you'll still be over losing <laughs> Lonzo and Brandon. Of, of course, you know, like you, you loved Brandon Ingram. I, I like Brandon Ingram a lot. Um, yeah. you were a little bit more yeah, yeah. iffy on Lonzo. I liked, I liked Lonzo. Um, but it's like, are you a fan of the team or are you a fan of these players? Yeah, and I think a lot of people out there, if they're being honest, they're more fans of players over teams. Yeah, which I mean, was like, which must have made this summer a really mindfuck of a free agency period because of all the movement that happened. Yeah. I mean, just look at LeBron. I mean, he's, we talked about it before too, though. He's a player that's more of, he gets fans of him as a player, not for the team that he plays for. You yeah. Know? I, you know, uh, it's going to be interesting to see like how franchises treat their players moving forward because like you know uh the warriors they said that they're without a doubt they're going to retire katie's jersey and i think they even said that for andre Iguodala too right yeah but now it looks like we're headed more towards like players becoming more mercenaries now over right. like franchise players right it's like i mean lebron changed everything who's gonna who like who is how are teams gonna retire players jerseys it's gonna be like does um let's look at the okc thunder look I, I, by the way i just want to say though like the idea of the warriors retiring iggy's number is kind of crazy to me and he, I, was a and fi- I, he was a finals MVP. I know, but I'm and I'm speaking that from, like, because of from like Lakers perspective, that would never happen right. with the Lakers. Right. Never, never, never. Just because someone comes over, let's say someone comes over here, and plays a handful of years, you know, isn't a starter, and wins a finals MVP. No way does that guy become a 
get his number retired. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. Um so I was gonna say, uh like let's take the Thunder for example. Yeah. It seems almost certain that they're gonna retire Russell Westbrook's jersey, right? That's with certainty, uh, 100% certainty. Are they going to retire Kevin Durant's jersey? Yeah. I feel like they should, right? Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Is that even up for debate? I don't know. I mean, the way he the way he left the, the team kind of left a bitter taste in a lot of people's yeah. mouths. But the fact that he's a Hall of Famer and the fact that he put up huge stats, even counting stats on the OKC Thunder, and he was essentially that franchise's first superstar yeah so it, it's uh, yeah that's do they order. retire james harden's jersey no no way if they, they retired that, they retired nick collison's jersey the thunder did yeah <laughs> so it's like that's what i'm this is what i'm that saying is this outrageous. is outrageous it's gonna be interesting to see like how these franchises i think that treat speaks, their players i think that speaks more to the franchise, you know? Like, for example, I know Memphis, I don't know if they did it yet, but they were definitely talking about retiring Tony Allen's number. Okay. Which for yeah. me is kind of crazy, too, you know? You know, if you, if they retired Tony Allen's number, then they're going to retire Zach Randolph's number. They're going to retire Mike Which, Conley's number. Zach Randolph makes more sense to me than Tony. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I would, I would think that... Uh, Zebo and like Mike Conley would yeah. go before Tony yeah. Allen. Marcus All. Marcus All. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. That's crazy. What does Toronto do with Kawhi Leonard? Oh, that is a good question. One year. One year. Did, that one is year. A real good and question. And their and their only championship are should they retire his jersey? Now that is a real good question. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Uh, we should ask that question on Twitter. What does um? I think Jalen Rose. He said that Kevin Durant was going to be the second NBA player ever to have his jersey retired by three franchises. Um, the first you said, like the second or third. I, I forgot who else. I'm a Wilt I think Wilt. Uh, yeah, just Wilt. So he would be the second. Well, LeBron. I mean, yeah, maybe. that's what I'm saying. So yeah. I think LeBron, if Le, if the Lakers win a championship this year or next year, it seems almost certain that he's gonna have his number retired. That's right? that's a certain depending thing. on what number it is. I mean, I, I we thought that he was gonna go back to number six. Yeah, but then no, but know, that, the that whole thing about Nike and stuff that is a certainty. And I'll and I'll tell you another reason too, though, is because LeBron's a different breed. LeBron's a different case. He. Retiring his number would also equally bring a little bit more cachet to the Lakers. Yeah, if I mean, and sense. you're and you're also retiring his number for his job, uh, the job that he did uh, in the front office. Yeah, well. and, and bringing Being AD. The GM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could, because yeah, you not only brought a championship, but yeah, you brought Anthony Davis with you. Yeah, for he that's. No doubt, no doubt. And deservedly so. I would be there at the ceremony. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, AD, he has a, he has a chance to uh, be 100%. one of those Lakers. 100%. Uh, Let's say he wins like one or two with LeBron, and then he doesn't win any the rest of the way, like once LeBron's gone, but he stays with the Lakers. 100%, he'll still get his number retired. Yeah. Uh, what, like, what, does, what does the Cavaliers do with Kyrie Irving? Oh, you still got to absolutely retire his number. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. The Boston Celtics will probably try to burn his probably, jersey. <laughs> well, did you hear um Did you hear Anis Cantor today? No, what happened? So, Anis Cantor has chosen to wear number 11. <laughs> I already love it. I already love it. I don't know what you're going to say, but and, I already love it. And I, and by the way, for the record, I love fucking love Cantor and I wish he was a Laker, but yeah. yeah. And uh they had their the Celtics had their press conference today introducing their new players like Kemba Walker and and his cancer, uh, of which Danny Ainge said that his plan A all along was to acquire Kemba Walker and, and his cancer. Oh God, dude! Believe that if you want to or okay. not. But a reporter asked Cantor about why he chose number eleven because obviously that was Kyrie's number this past season. Yeah, 
and he said, um, uh, I want to be the reason why no one else wears this number. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no way he's going to be... Re- I mean, he's not good enough, but that's hilarious. It was kind of a... It was kind of a shot at Kyrie. Yeah, obviously, right. Um, but I thought it was I thought it was pretty funny. Oh, that's hilarious. I love Canner, man. Yeah, so with with all this movement, it's it's like Yeah, I don't know how I don't know how these franchises are going to treat like some of the got some of these players moving forward because That is a that is a fascinating It's going to move though. like players are going to move around a lot now. Yeah. Um And the idea of getting your number retired by two organizations versus one, it's kind of juicy. You know? Yeah, I mean the it, it used to be like a badge of honor, or there used to right. be like some type of allure to like just stick with one franchise for Kobe, your entire career. Dirk, Cal Ripken Jr. from back in the day, uh, yeah. Reggie Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, those so those days are pretty much long gone. I Very think much like long gone. Steph and Clay are probably like the only guys. Oh yeah, that's true. Left. Yeah. Like who knows what's gonna happen with Draymond Green. Oh, true. He's going to be a free agent after this uh, upcoming season. Yeah. And if they're retiring Iggy's jersey, then it would make sense that they would have to retire Draymond Green's jersey yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, is Draymond Green a Hall of Famer, in your opinion? No. No? I, I think he could be still. I, I, don't think he's, I don't think he's a lock, though. Three-time All-Star, three-time NBA champion, defensive player of the year. Yeah, I mean, he's a very good chance. Yeah, he's got a great resume. I would say the um, the the probability is probably pretty high. Yeah, for him. I, I'm not. Yeah. Let's see uh. So let's see. What else did I want to talk about? Um, the Lakers. They they added Phil Handy to their coaching. Yeah, staff, you know, I read about which it. Which has been I... very, which has been lauded. Yeah, and I I am in that same group. That it, that was a. I was reading up on him. I I. I admit I, I didn't really know all the details about who that guy is or that guy was, and well, that was a great signing. Yeah, he's um, he's gone to five straight NBA yeah. finals. I wonder if Steve Kerr. I wonder if like Kawhi would have considered the Lakers even more if we had. Nah, let's you know let's not even talk about that guy. Yeah, let's. Uh, <laughs> I'm over it already. I'm I'm over all that. Same, now. same. Yeah. I mean, we got AD, so we got AD. I, I, I'm feeling fine about things. Yeah, uh, yeah. So the Lakers acquired Phil Handy, which seems to be a great move. Uh, did you see? Um, did you see LeBron's Taco Tuesday Instagram? I did. Story with Dude, AD in, LeBron the, in is, the room. LeBron is such a dad now, man. That dude is a walking dad joke, man. Yeah, that guy so, is corny as hell. And, so, I mean, I love it. I so fucking love it. You're totally right that he is more of a dad now. And I think, um, so in that recent uh, IG post, uh, AD was there yeah. eating, eating dinner with right, right, Re- right. LeBron's family. And a couple of thoughts came to mind. One was, I doubt that Brandon Ingram or Lonzo Ball or Josh Hart ever had a Taco Tuesday with LeBron, right? <laughs> Just right. That, that confirmed to me that... Um, and I and I always said this, like starting from last season, that the dynamic between LeBron and these young Lakers it just seemed off. Like yeah. you're looking at two entities that are at like different points in their career. Yeah. Like LeBron's all about win now, win now, whereas Ingram and Lonzo and Josh Hart are like, like more Fortnite, Fortnite, Fortnite. Yeah, Fortnite, <laughs> Fortnite, and. They're, the they're they're uh, they're still Kardashian. getting their legs under underneath them, you yeah. know, and establishing themselves as players. Yeah. So I think, with that said, the roster that we have now suits LeBron way better than yeah. it did last year. And in I, terms I, of like locker room dynamics. Yeah, you and know? I think yeah, like you said, uh, yeah, for sure. And the chemistry is going to be a lot better. You know, you have guys like AD, you have guys like Boogie Cousins, uh, even like a Jared Dudley. A Danny Green, like these guys are not here to fuck around. They're here no, to like they're here to win, win chips, you yeah. know. So from a chemistry standpoint, I think it's gonna look a lot better. Yeah. This upcoming season. Yeah. Uh, y- you know, obviously the the fact that there are more shooters on a team that's that's an obvious thing, right? Yeah. But in terms of like personalities and like 
where players are in their career, I think it's going to look a lot more cohesive. For sure. This upcoming season. And, you know, I have more... Um, I don't think Luke Walton was a terrible coach, but I have more confidence in Frank Vogel just because he's, like, taken a team on a deep playoff run before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he has better credentials, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't... He wasn't, like, the number one choice. Yeah. I think, like, most people's number one choice was, like, Ty Lue or, like, Monty Williams or something. Yeah. But I, I, I'm I, optimistic I've war- about I've warmed up to it. I've warmed up Bogle. to it. I've yeah. warmed up to it because he's a defensive-minded guy, and that's what we need. You know, we were pining for a guy like Tom Thibodeau. Obviously not as a head coach because he's terrible as a head coach, but we were pining for a guy like Thibodeau because he was such a great defensive mind. And Vogel has maybe i don't know maybe he's not as good as tipido but he certainly has shown in the past on his through his resume that he knows defense and honestly that's all we need because on offense we don't need we don't need any coaching on that side yeah our you give lebron the ball yeah and you let him and ad and everybody else just figure it out because they 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 won't be stopped on the offensive end you know i think the so the Lakers' offense last season was still rated pretty decently, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I think this offense is much better, yeah. right? Yeah, it's a much better... It's more cohesive unit in terms of, like, fit, you know? It's a much I, better yeah, fit. The Lakers last year, they feasted on, like, fast break points. I, th- I don't think it's going to be so much the case uh, for this Lakers team. Yeah. But um, the shooting is way better. And then, obviously, we have an elite scorer... Maybe even two with Boogie Cousins if he can, you know, return, return to his all-star form. Yeah. Um, here's a hot take for you. I think that. I think that Boogie has a better chance of being an all-star next year than Kyle Kuzma. That's fair. Yeah, I could see that because Kyle Kuzma. Because you know, like right now, I think. The, a lot of people in their minds, like the the quote unquote big three of the Lakers is LeBron, AD, and Kuzma. Mm-hmm. But I would I would give Boogie a better chance at making an All Star team than Kuzma. Yeah, and also just because like I don't know Kuzma, I know he plays well off ball and he can get his points without having the ball in his hands. But I just don't know how many touches he's gonna get. You know. And I also think he might be better just coming off the bench. Well, to his credit, like he's a guy that can get his without really touching the ball that much, too. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's yeah. Did that's you see that? Um, did you see his new and improved shooting form? Did you see that? He changed on, it on Twitter. He no. kind of tweaked his form a little bit. It, okay, it looks a lot. He has a higher release point on his All shot. Right. Okay, so it looks it looks better. Yeah, and hopefully that will lead him to. Um, bring his three-point shooting back to where I it mean, was if you can get to like 38 we're looking we're looking real good yeah i mean the thing about kuzma is 38 like, from three i don't really i don't really even think kuzma needs to like be a 20-point scorer no at this point to like no. um, scoring is not our it's not going to be our issue yeah I, no. for him it's more about efficiency from the three-point line he did. He did improve his free throw shooting like yeah quite a bit last season. Yeah. So that was a very promising sign. Yeah. No, his thing is, can he play defense? Yeah, it's gonna be defense and um and improving his three point shooting percentage. Yeah. So not so much his like points per game scoring average. Yeah. So yeah, I you know I think they're obviously like we said last podcast kuzma and boogie they're like the two big x factors heading into this next season our championship hopes lie in those two guys yeah, right and, there and you know kuzma's form looks better and boogie is looking very svelte <laughs> right now he's looking taut right now he looks like he slimmed down leaned out a lot yeah so i'm i'm feeling optimistic that yeah. he's gonna be very good next next you season. sipping on the boogie kool-aid right now i'm on the i'm on the boogie train i am too i am too you know and you've known you know me i've i've been a huge boogie fan way before like when he was even on the kings you know so yeah yeah it'd be great 
see him do well. So yeah, I think um, I don't know. Is there anything else that you wanted to no, I think talk that, about? That's no, yeah. Okay, so we can um, we can end the podcast here. Yeah. Uh, we feel a lot better than we did last time <laughs> coming off of the suicide watch last time. Coming off man. of the uh, Kawhi, the end of the Kawhi watch. Uh, we're past that now. We're past that now. We're looking at uh, what what did uh, Draymond Green say uh, after um, game three of the NBA Finals? He said, uh, "Good times ahead." <laughs> so I will echo. I will echo those lines and say, <laughs> good times ahead for, for the Lakers. Good times ahead. So with that said, we'll say uh, thank you for listening. And um, yeah, we'll just check in with you guys next time. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to 81 Points. We are a Los Angeles Lakers podcast hosted by me, Chris Lim, and my longtime friend and co-host, Chris Lee. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe and leave a rating or comment. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can get more episodes of 81 Points on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.